welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. No matter where you're getting those products from, check out Artisan Botanicals, abotanicalcompany.com, because we are saving you 15% off when you order online. Use the discount code Colby Show, C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W, discount code Colby Show, for 15% off your online order at abotanicalcompany.com. All right, so tomorrow we are going to do a, uh, a college basketball draft. Uh, we'll talk tournament as uh, I don't count today as the first round of the NCAA tournament. These are play-in games. It's not the start of the tournament. Tomorrow is the official start of the NCAA tournament. So, uh, again, we're going to do a draft tomorrow. And uh, with all the, the player cancellations out of nowhere, um, I, there, there are revisions right now on my bracket. So, uh, revised bracket will also be displayed on tomorrow's episode. So check that out. Um, this is today is our weekly MMA episode. We have UFC fight night, Saturday night, Kevin Holland, Derek Brunson with my weekly guest, Will Brewer. Will Brewer. We had quite the card on Saturday night. It was, uh, it was a card that had a little bit of everything. We had two no contests on a main card in a, in a, in a pretty big UFC event. Uh, you had, uh, several incredible knockouts. I mean, Saturday night was pretty wild. Yeah. Saturday night was definitely wild. I mean, it starts crazy. It ends crazy. Uh, and then just coming off of what we went through, uh, at UFC 259 with Peter Yan, and then it happens twice as far as one illegal strike. And then a fight having to be stopped. Like it's just, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, but I mean, we, we're still rolling, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we've got another big one this Saturday night. We will get to our picks, but first, as we do every week, we're going to review uh, the week that was, review our picks. Uh, it, due to the fact that there were two no contests, uh, obviously we don't get <laughs> awarded points, so uh, neither one of us had a very good point total for the week. Uh, but again, that's, that's basically scratching two of the six fights off the card. Uh, but we got to start with the main event. This was one that we were both excited about. I think two exciting fighters with exciting styles, and I thought the matchup was going to be incredible. Your thoughts on Bala Muhammad getting his big opportunity against Leon Edwards, who was in the octagon for the first time in nearly two years. Man, I mean, just the fight itself, so much was riding on this fight, you know. Um, Leon Edwards has been out for two years. He's been looking for a fight. And then Bala Muhammad coming off a big win against Diego Lima on a pay-per-view uh, steps up on short notice to take this fight and just the styles it was so intriguing and you just wanted to see what leon Edwards was going to look like and in that first round he looked you know pretty normal i i, th- I want to say some of those illegal stri- or some of those strikes uh he hit him below the belt once i think and then uh i think he there was one eye poke before the one that uh put below out um i think his timing was might have been a little off you know i think maybe ring rust kind of uh, played a factor in, in that sense, kind of like his range and everything. But um, I felt like in that first round, Leon looked good. He showed some promise, uh, you know, Bilal. He wasn't um, pressuring him like I thought he was. It was c- kind of more of Leon being the one who was on the on the attack. So uh, I was surprised at that. But uh, I felt like Leon was definitely looking good. It's it's just a shame because it's, it's a long fight, man. It was, it's five rounds, so... You never know the adjustments that Bilal uh, was going to make throughout those five rounds. And 
and how, even how Leon was going to look as the fight went on. So, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of questions, so many questions going into that fight, so many questions in the fight itself. And then the fight ends and we're still basically in the same spot that we were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, I, I thought that your, your point about maybe the timing being off or the distant distance management or, Something like that may have been a factor in in what you're talking about, uh, but otherwise, I thought I thought Leon looked good. I mean, it was it was only again five minutes, and then the the eye poke happened so quickly into the second round. I mean, we basically got five minutes of Leon Edwards, and you know these guys were trying to fill each other out a little bit. So we saw we saw some really good strikes from Leon, and that was about it. I was surprised that Bilal was not commanding the center of the octagon and wasn't walking yeah. Leon down. That was probably the the biggest surprise to me in the fight but look it was five rounds and for a guy that hasn't fought in the octagon in two years you have no idea whether Bilal was maybe setting a, a pace to to lay low for a round or two and then blitz him for the final three or four rounds I mean you just have no idea what the game plan was and what Bilal was going to do because his pressure and his cardio obviously are two things that that everybody raves about so um, again, I was, I was, I was surprised to not see him do that in the first, but that may have been a game plan situation. Bilal is now robbed of this massive opportunity against one of the elites in that division. And for a guy that's been out for, for nearly two years, he finally gets back in the octagon, hoping that this is the bridge to maybe a title shot. And for it to end this way, it's, it's just kind of bittersweet because it's almost as if it, it's tough to reward him with a title shot after a fight that finishes that way. At the same time, like, where do you go? And, and, and certainly for, for Bilal, I think it's tough to say, you know, that was your opportunity, sorry, but uh, you got to go back down and, and uh, you know, face a, a lower-ranked fighter that's not going to give you nearly the same spotlight. Yeah, man. Uh, first with Bilal, man, uh, it's his first main event, his first five-round fight, and he just fought uh, a month prior, so he had to cut weight for the second time in a matter of weeks. So, he probably was preserving his energy in that first round. He probably felt like it was going to be a five-round war, and he probably thought, you know, I'm going to coast this first round, kind of see what he's got, see how he's going to approach the fight, and then just uh, in the in the later rounds, just kind of, you know, turn it up from there. You know, you never know, um, you know, what a guy in his first main event, how he's going to approach the fight. Leon's been there, done that before. Uh, he looked good in the first round, so, you know, he was probably going to turn it up in the second round and, and, and later on in, in the fight. Um, as far as the finish, man, um, and what and what it means going forward, you know, Leon's talking about, you know, I want a title shot. I think deep down he knows, like, I, maybe I should give him a rematch, but I think he's been out for so long and so much shit's happened to him yeah. as far as title fights and just fights in itself just going, uh, going haywire and stuff. I think he just wants, you know – he wants that opportunity to get that title shot now because a pandemic happened. I mean, so much stuff has happened where he's just like, man, I got to maximize my opportunities now. And even though uh, this result was probably worst case scenario, um, I just don't see, I just don't see um, where Leon could just think like, man, I deserve a title shot off that performance off of five minutes in the cage. And then the fight ends with an illegal shot, not a legal shot, but with the shot from me, where, you know, I poked his eyes and he couldn't continue. So, um, you know, it's just tough to call. But, you know, I, if I was Leon, I would give Blah a rematch. I wouldn't be calling for a title shot. But, you know, 
everything he's been through. Yeah, part of the problem, I think, is that division is in chaos right now, right? Like, oh, yeah. you have the champ in Kamaru. Number one is Colby Covington, who's fought one time since he lost to Usman, and that was against Tyron Woodley, who he completely dominated. But, you know, it's that's the only fight he has since he lost the belt. Um, you know, I mean, we're seeing Robert Whitaker uh, not immediately get that opportunity back, you know, against Israel Adesanya. You have to get a couple wins, I think, under your belt before you can go back to the rematch. So it kind of feels like Colby needs to win a big fight, whether that's Gilbert Burns or, you know, I think this would be a great opportunity for Colby and Leon to fight for that position. Uh, but Kamaru just beat Gilbert Burns. He's about to face Masvidal. Steven Thompson and Michael Chiesa are both injured. And then number seven is Tyron Woodley, who's been completely dominated for 10 straight rounds. Yeah. So, like, that division's in such chaos that Leon Edwards, despite ha not having fought for two years almost, and then stepping in for five minutes, shaking off the rust, if you will, I'm sure in his mind he does feel like he's next because he's, he's, he's on a winning streak, and just almost by default, who else do you throw to Kamaru after the Masvidal fight? Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, I definitely see where Leon would want to make that case. Uh, and then just the one-way division at this point is kind of stagnant, you know. Kobe, uh, he's claiming that he wants to fight all these guys and he wants to get back in, into the title picture and everything, but he's not being active, man. I mean, he doesn't have any injuries that we know of. I mean, a, a lot of people are calling him out. Kies uh, is calling him out. Stephen Thompson that had called him out at some point. Uh, Gilbert Burns, like a lot of people are saying his name, but you know, you don't really hear much from Kobe as much as he as much as, as he talks and everything. He's kind of been relatively quiet. He's done some interviews here and there, but as far as uh, actually booking a fight you know he they they call him on short notice and i feel like he kind of uh asked for too much money and then all of a sudden he'll blame it on the ufc like they didn't want to pay me so I, you know i'm not gonna fight you know what i'm saying so um i think you know kobe needs to get in there and fight again uh he's one of the only guys that's that's gonna uh, make any movement towards our title shot outside of kobe it's, it's leon uh, gilbert burns just lost you know you mentioned uh wonder boy and kiesa both injured uh, Tyron Woodley, who's lost his last three in a row, I mean, he hasn't won, won a round. Right. So, I mean, even with a win uh, next week, is he going to even sniff title contention after one win after all those losses? So, I mean, definitely Leon Edwards, um, he definitely has a case for it. But, I mean, just yeah. just with the way that ended, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It's terrible for the optics. It's hard to exactly. book that fight yeah. from an optic standpoint when he hasn't fought in two years. That's the way that his return ends, and then yeah. the title is next. I mean, again, it's it's just a division that's in chaos because you can make the argument for him. Again, be, we just talked about it, but it, it just it looks really bad to get a title shot after fighting somebody that and the fight ends that way. I, I think you just you, you have to come off a win. I think to get to get a title shot. Not only that, but like. For, for the result to be like that, you kind of forget, like, he's won eight in a row before this. But, you know, that result itself, like, that's what people are going to remember the most about him. You don't remember, like, right. he's won, he's basically dominated eight straight uh, opponents. He hasn't lost since he fought Kamaru Usman in, like, his first or second UFC fight. Uh, he's unbeaten uh, to this point. And, but, you know, when we think of Leon Edwards right now, we're thinking about the uh, Bilal Muhammad fight and the eye poke, so... I mean, yep. it's, it's tough to book that uh, title sh that title fight to me. Yeah. 
I, for me, I think the next thing to do, if you can do it soon enough, is to just rebook this match and and have these guys get back in the octagon and and just take care of it. Um, both guys, I think, deserve that. And both guys, I think, deserve to move on from this as well. So if it's a situation where they can't get this thing done for like six to nine months, then maybe it's better for both guys to move on. Like I just, Leon's been out of the octagon for way too long, I think, to have to sit back and wait six to nine more months to fight again if, if ultimately that's the way it plays out. So I think the first thing they need to do is see if they can get this thing. And, and part of this depends on, on the eye situation as well. But if they can get this thing done soon, then put them back in the octagon. If they can't, the fight to make is Leon Edwards and Colby Covington. The winner gets a shot at the belt. And you just hope for Bilal Muhammad that he's given an opportunity to, to jump up and fight one of these guys, you know, that's that's somewhere in that mix. I mean, we talked about Wonderboy or Chiesa, um, Vincent Luque versus Tyron Woodley, that winner, uh, potentially. I mean, you just hope that if they do have to go another direction because of the time situation, that, Leo, that, that Bilal still gets a big opportunity. Absolutely, because Bilal's always game. Absolutely. He's not going to be one of these guys who's going to hold out and, you know, want to, I, I want this fight or I want this guy. I mean, of course he wants Leon Edwards, but if if that's not the case, he's going to want to fight whoever's next, whoever's available. He's He wants to be active. Uh, he wants to get his name out there. And, you know, it just sucks because, you know, you heard over the week how, how excited Bilal was to be in the main event. I mean, even though it was on short notice, he didn't have a full camp, just being in that environment, uh, having his name uh, in the on the marquee, uh, having his face on the poster and everything, like – he enjoyed it so much, and then you knew, like, that Leon was going to be in the fire as soon as the fight started. You knew that uh, Bilal was going to bring it. He's always game. So it's just tough to see that um, th- the ending of this fight, there was no clarity. So uh, going forward, like like you said, if they can book this rematch within the next, you know, one or two months, you know, if, if Bilal's eye is good, then book that fight right. because they both deserve it. Yeah. Uh, but, but if not uh, – just for Leon being out for so long and, you know, he didn't take uh, any damage, get him back in there. If Bilal can't go, just get him back in there as soon as possible because uh, Leon's too good, man. We got to see him uh, be active. Yeah. I, I hate the way that it ended, but I don't think that compounding that bad situation with another bad situation, like having to wait six to nine months for this rematch to happen would be, the way to go, and I think it would just leave a sour mouth, sour taste in everybody's mouth. Uh, maybe other than Bilal Muhammad, who would who would be totally okay with that whole situation. But you know, the, I, I told you last week, I really liked this main event because both guys are entertaining fighters, and I you know I knew that the winner of this was going to come out on the other side with a legit massive opportunity ahead of them. And now two guys that you like are you know kind of stuck, which sucks. Yeah, I mean, and it, it definitely sucks because, you know, Leon had such high hopes after this fight, you know, just to get back in the octagon after two years off. And you knew he just needed that one win because he was promised a title shot with the win. You you give him that this one win, then he's probably next for um, the Usman Masvidal winner. And then with Bilal Muhammad taking a fight like this on short notice yeah. when – the UFC needed somebody to go in there. Leon Edwards needed somebody to go in there. Bilal being game just took the took the fight, and then for it to end like this. And if he if he would have won, 
I mean, the opportunities. He would have jumped the line. Oh yeah. He would have been right. He would have been right there in title contention. He would have been right up there with Burns and and uh, and, and Covington and all these guys who are at the very top of the division. You beat a guy like Leon Edwards. You you put yourself right there in that mix, and you skip the line. So for the fight to end that way it, with so much riding on this fight, it just sucks. Yeah, no doubt. We'll see how they handle this thing. Uh, hopefully, hopefully everybody wins in some way. But yeah, what a what a disaster that was. And for a, a just very bizarre card uh, that was just kind of all over the place, and it, it just felt frantic from the get-go, right? You had the, on the prelims, you had the knockout like 10 seconds in. And then from that point on, it was just like, it was just chaos. It was just craziness. Amazing knockouts, uh, illegal shots. And like I said, two no contests on the main card. Uh, just unbelievable. So uh, yeah, I, I hope they're able to, I hope, you know, I'm glad that the eye is okay from a fighting standpoint. I haven't heard a timeline. So I, I hope that they can they can figure that thing out, get those two guys back in the octagon together soon, and move on. Otherwise, you know, I think you have to you just have to do something different. I, I don't think you can you can hold these guys hostage because of a you know disaster in the in the octagon if it's gonna time is of the essence in this whole situation. So and especially because the you know we've got another title fight coming up in that division, which is is going to be here before you know it. So anyway, that's. Uh, that's my thoughts on that. Uh, real quick, before we move on to that card, thoughts on the whole glove conversation this week? A lot of people feel like the gloves need to be changed. What do you think? Uh, I don't know where I don't know where exactly where I stand on this because, I mean, of course, the eye pokes are, are devastating. You know, when when anybody gets hit, I remember um, DC and Stipe when Stipe. Uh, when Stipe's thumb or his middle finger went in DC's eye, immediately it blew up yeah. and like it was it was terrible. And, and he couldn't see for the rest the of the fight. Thing, yeah, couldn't see for the rest of the fight. Like like Joe was asking him, was asking him like, can you see anything? Like or is it just black? And DC was like, it's, it's black. I can't say I can't see anything. And then you know Leon, uh, his thumb goes right into Bilal's eye and then just Bilal. You know how tough that man yeah. is. For him to just immediately just go down like that and start crying and just rolling over on the floor, like, it's just crazy. But, you know, I feel like in a way, um, if if guys would just keep their, their hands up instead of out, I mean, like, the, uh, that rule was implemented and I feel like it helped. Right. But, you know, you still see just kind of, just kind of freak accidents in a way. So uh, as far as the glove, man, uh, I feel like, it would just change so much. Like, of course, you'd be able to close your fists and everything. Uh, you wouldn't be able to open them, really. But I just wonder, like, you know, how big of a change would that be for the fighters, you know? Yeah. I mean, of course, it would clean up, you know, the eye pokes and everything. But it's just like, how big of a change would it be for the guys when they're, when they're, at, when they're out there fighting? Besides the eye poke. I remember in football when they decided that there was going to be no more helmet-to-helmet contact. And the way to get rid of it is you have to have severe penalties. It's still going to happen, and it, we still have helmet-to-helmets today, but, but it's down significantly from where it was because the punishment for it is so severe that it's something you have to be aware of, and it's something you have to practice, and you have to go out of your way. I mean, there are always the bang-bang plays that, that just can't be avoided, but uh, you, know, you, you practice how to, to hit legally, 
and not just, you know, fire in like a missile with your head down and use your helmet as, as the spear. Same thing with this. I, I wonder if they really start doing something about guys having their hands straight out with their fingers out. If, if you start saying, look, you do that and there's an eye poke, you're, it, you're done. It's a, it's a DQ loss. Like, maybe that's how you do it, and it would suck for some guys that, that did that. And that way you're also, you know, again, if there are crazy scrambles or something, there, there's definitely a chance that somebody gets poked in the eye. But in the situations where guys are standing in front of each other and reaching out and the fingers are pointing, I mean, that, that, that absolutely can be controlled to your point about putting your fingers up instead of out. Yeah, it, but it, it's tough, though, right, because... When you're in the heat of battle, yeah. you're not really thinking about, you know, where my fingers need to be. You, you're kind of just worried about, okay, this is my guard. This is my defense. I need to have my hands up or I, I want to throw this strike. You're kind of not thinking about it. But I guess uh, to your point about, you know, uh, if, this, if the punishment is that severe, maybe things would change. Um, you know, maybe if they just decided, you know, instead of giving out warnings, like maybe – uh, you poke a guy in the eye, it's automatic point taken away yeah. or two points taken away. It's just tough because some of these some of these eye pokes are really like accidental. Like yeah, uh, like that those eye pokes that Leon got Bilal with, I know they were accidental. Um, just you know, Bilal was trying to throw a strike, uh, trying to hide the his kick behind the right hand, and it just it his it just kind of connected. It's you yeah. know, it wasn't anything uh, malicious or anything like that. So. Um, you know, it's just tough. Um, but, you know, I guess if the punishment was more severe, you, know, you would see more guys uh, work on it. But like a guy like John Jones, who's so long, who uses his outstretched hand to, you know, create space and uh, defend himself, you know. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's just tough. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is, but, you know, maybe uh, the uh, a more uh, severe punishment, you know, maybe no warnings, no more warnings, just automatic points or uh, disqualifications, no contest, you know, something like that. Maybe that's just what's going to have to happen. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. I don't think there is a good answer to be honest with you about how you fix this. Uh, You know, some people want new gloves Uh, to, to suggest that for me would be ridiculous because I, I know nothing about what other gloves are even available. Uh, So I'm not even going to pretend to have any sort of idea about that part of the argument. But, you know, just from a how can we incentivize people to not do it? I mean, that's, you know, that's the only way you can go. And look, I've I've heard this week, I've heard interviews with a bunch of different fighters. And I've heard guys, some guys say that they, they, they don't even spar with those gloves. They spar with closed gloves. So it's like to their, you know, it's something that, in practice is not even a thought because their fists are closed. So you're not even in that situation, like throughout practice. Yeah. And then when you have a guy like GSP, I heard him, uh, his interview today and he was just like, ah, these fucking gloves, man, we got to change them. We got to do something. (laughs) You know, when, when one of the greatest fighters of all time is saying it like that, man, you know, maybe there is, maybe there does need to be a, a glove change, but you know, I just think it would make it, it would change the sport so much. Uh, that yeah. maybe we should just try to change the rule, you know, maybe just uh, think of something to where uh, the punishment would be more severe instead of just giving out new gloves. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I I know we all want to overreact anytime one accident happens. Do you feel like it's a, it's a bad situation right now? Because I don't know that I feel like we're just watching eye pokes constantly. Like, 
does it happen? Yes. Is it happening so frequently that I feel like, you know, consistently we're having this conversation? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know no. that that's the case. So that's no, the other thing. Definitely not. Sometimes I think you just have to understand, like, bad, bad accidents happen and you don't have to completely change everything because that happens. Like, it's just, you know, nothing is perfect and there's always going to be accidents, right? Yeah. I mean, when I first started watching the sport, like, eye pokes were way worse than they are now. And I feel like, yeah. you know, now fighters are keeping their hands up. But, you know, sometimes it's just a freak. It's just right. a freak accident. I remember John Jones is one of my favorite fighters. But literally every fight when he when I first started watching him, there would be an eye poke. Like and I don't know if it was something that he just couldn't control because of how long he is. But like if you notice, like his last few fights, like he there's been no eye pokes, you know, for, yeah. for the last few years of him fighting, there's been no eye pokes. And. You know, th this situation that happened with uh, Leon Blah, it was bad. But, you know, we don't just nor normally see just free eye pokes like that, you know. Uh, I think we see more hits below the belt than we see uh, eye pokes, oh, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think eye pokes have gotten a lot better. But um, and I feel like the discussion with the gloves, uh, it was a discussion for a while. And it kind of just died down for a little bit because we didn't see so much. Yeah. But now with some with with it being a main event with right. so much riding on the fight, you know, now, you know, the, the spotlight is on that eye poke. So now everyone's thinking, like, what can we do to fix it now? So, uh, you know, for me, you know, I just think it was just a freak accident. But I think uh, eye pokes have definitely gotten a lot better as the years have gone on. Yeah, for sure. All right, our co-main event on Saturday night was Ryan Spann and Misha Serkinov. I will, uh, I will quote you after this fight via text message. Damn it, Misha. <laughs> man, look. I like, I, I, I like Ryan Spann, right? Yeah. I, I, I like him. Uh, I feel like he's got a lot of potential. But I feel like with that Johnny Walker fight, I was just like, man, I felt like Spann should have won that pretty easily. And uh, he didn't get the job done. So I was like, you know, Misha's pretty pretty solid yeah. everywhere. So I thought Misha was going to be able to take him out. But Ryan Spann went in there and just completely decimated him. Oh, good. And I was just like, yeah. And he looked he looked really good, man. If, if Ryan Spann fights like that, I mean, the light heavyweight division's got a, another dangerous contender, man. Uh, he looked great. Uh, but, you know, Misha... Damn it, Misha! He let me, he, he, he let me down, man. I thought that one was—I thought that one was one of my picks that I took a little risk on that, that was going to work out for me, but yeah, didn't work out, man. Yeah. Just it, over Misha. just <laughs> over a minute into the first round, Ryan Span unleashes the beast. That was uh, that was pretty impressive. Uh, you know what's more impressive than a knockout one minute into the first round? How about a knockout twenty-two seconds into the first round? Yeah. Dan Ige, Gavin Tucker, I, I told you last week, I thought this had the chance to be the best fight on the card. Uh, and and I said that if it wasn't for Leon Edwards, Bilal Muhammad, which is a great matchup, this would be my pick for fight of the night because I just thought it was going to be that good. Dan Ige, one punch power and it's over. I, I, I was stunned to see the fight literally end with one punch. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. I was stunned. I thought it was going to be a fight of the night contender too. It was either out of that one or Leon and Bilal. But uh, man, um, going into this fight, you know, they were kind of both, you know, kind of meeting in the center of the octagon. And I'm kind of thinking like, okay, 
um, this is going to be war like I expected. Yeah. You know, Gavin Tucker's game. And then just that, you know, it was just like that that punch just stopped him dead in his tracks, and he was just gone. Like, Dan has got scary power, man. Um, and, you know, he needed a win like that. I mean, even though he was uh, supposed to be fighting Ryan Hall, um, he's, he's fighting a guy on short notice who's not ranked, and he goes in there and he shows his dominance. You know, one punch KO, I mean, it couldn't have went any better for him. Yeah, and and look, you win a fight like that. I mean, it it you're naturally going to be elevated. I, I can't wait to see what's next. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Korean Zombie for him next. I, I think that would be an incredible matchup. I'd love to see it. Oh yeah, because both of these guys, both of those guys, have the same game plan. We're gonna meet in the center and we're gonna we're gonna throw. I mean, and just whoever goes down first goes down. I mean, I, we've seen. Dan Ige in wars. We've seen him uh, in in a war with Calvin Cater. We've seen him uh, in in wars before, and then we've seen uh, we've seen the Korean Zombie in wars. We've seen him in a fight of the year with Yair Rodriguez that literally went down to the last second, where Yair landed a crazy like no look elbow that no <laughs> one's ever seen that no one's ever seen before, and you know. I feel like, you know, Dan Ige and Korean Zombie, that's a fight that would be a crazy war uh, that would have, like, fight of the night, fight of the year potential uh, attached to that. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I, it, I, 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 I'm excited for Dan Ige and the opportunity he's going to have after that fight. Again, you, you knock out anybody in that fashion, uh, it's just you're going you're gonna to skyrocket. And, and obviously, he's going to have a much bigger spotlight the next time he's in the octagon. So good for Danny Gay. I'm, I'm a fan of Danny Gay. So, uh, yeah, it just did not see that. I thought that was going to be a three-round, like, really, really edgier seat type of, of matchup. And, uh, look, Gavin Tucker was on a, a pretty, pretty impressive run as well, and he's going to have to rebound now. So that's, uh, that's a really good division, really deep division. Uh, Danny Gay gets it done. All right, uh, moving down the card. Okay, so this was another one that um, just shocked me on Saturday night. I had We both picked Jonathan Martinez to win this fight. Those calf kicks, man, were nearly taking Davy Grant off his feet. And then, then he, he lands the big punch at the end of the first round, and you almost just felt like the end is near. Jonathan Martinez is going to finish this thing. And I don't know what happened at the end of round one going into round two, but Davy Grant came out of his corner as a completely different human being. And it was like it was a completely different fight in the second round. And and what a performance for Davy Grant in the second round KO. The comeback thought, KO is what I called it. I basically thought um, after that first round, I basically chalked up a W for Jonathan Martinez. Like I was like, okay, Jonathan Martinez is definitely going to win this, whether it's a knockout or he's just going to uh, get the decision. But yeah, like you said, Coming out of the, in the second round, David Grant just looked completely different. Like everything that Jonathan Martinez, all, everything that was working, you know, David Grant was just like, "Fuck it, I'm not taking no more calf kicks. I'm bringing the fight to him. Um, this is going to be a completely different fight." And then uh, to get the knockout, I was shocked. I was, you know, I was completely shocked. And uh, you know, David Grant definitely proved himself, man. I mean, to take calf kicks like that in the first round and to come and to come back and just completely turn it around and you know that shows a lot oh this fight manel cop and mateus nicolau so this is <laughs> the a... way you said that. i knew that was funny. so i picked cop you picked nicolau 
and you get the point. Let me start with this. I didn't think the decision was the right decision. I thought that Cop definitely won the first round. I thought Nicolau definitely won the second round. And I thought about three minutes into the third round that it was so close it was up for grabs. Like, I didn't think one guy was clear-cut ahead of the other guy at all by that point. And then to see Cop finish that round the way that he did, to me, making an argument that Nicolau won that round just seems preposterous. Like, I just... Was it a close round? Yes, I think you can say it was a close round. But to watch the way Cop finished that, like, I I don't... To me, Davey Grant would have had to have been up on your scorecard by so much in those first three minutes to to still feel like after the the Manel Cop scramble at the end that he was still ahead on the scorecard. So, A... I thought the the decision was crazy. My bigger issue, though, is I think just the mentality of Manel Kopp. So we saw him fight in his UFC debut, I don't know, like a month ago. He had a big opportunity against Pantoja on a big card. And, you know, obviously the UFC felt like this is a guy that has tremendous upside. They gave him Pantoja as his debut fight. And look, he looked good in the fight. It, it's I think we can all see that there is a ton of potential there. That this guy has, I mean, the the what what is Jordan's uh, the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling the, is the yeah, roof. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's Manel Cop, right? Like the skill set is there. He's fast. He's quick. You can see that there's power for for that one twenty five division. Uh, I, I like the skill set absolutely, but. He wasn't very active against Pantoja, and he, he lost that on the on the scorecard simply from activity. Pantoja was just more active, and that that was was the difference in the fight. So in this fight, I thought, okay, you're going to see a guy that's extremely more active, and and maybe understands the way that these things work a little better. I will give him credit that he was more active, and definitely in the first round, he was more active. But it almost felt like after that first round of activity, he thought he had done enough. And he was just going to coast to the finish line and just be awarded by the judges the win. And, I mean, Dana always says this. If you don't like the decision, don't let it go to a decision. I think this guy is skilled enough to finish fights. You you, you can see the quickness. You could see, I mean, he rocked Nicolau a couple times in this fight. I think he is a better fighter than we've seen in his two fights to this point. He's just got to change the mentality, in my opinion. And he's he's got to become a killer, right? He's got to decide... I'm not going to allow the judges to dictate this thing. It almost feels like his mentality going into these fights is, I'm going to make them miss a lot, I'm going to get my touches in, and I'm just going to outpoint this guy to the finish line. And look, we we've, we see it way too much in the UFC. Terrible decisions. I mean, it's almost, almost every week, I think, we see a, a decision that we're like, really? that They judged it that way? Um, I, I just don't think that... I, I don't think you can have a successful career in the UFC if you are going to try to outpoint people. Because you're going to get screwed over like this far too many times. You have to have a killer mentality. You have to have an end it yourself. Leave no doubt to the people judging the fight mentality. And, you know, maybe maybe the next time out we see a completely different guy. But th- that, that was just my thought on Saturday night. When that thing ended, I thought it was the wrong decision. But I thought Cop only had himself to blame for once again just kind of going into cruise mode it felt like. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Uh, you can definitely sell or tell that uh, the UFC is high on Manel Cop. You know, they right right from the jump, his UFC debut, he's having the number five flyweight in the world. He wins that fight, he's either getting a title shot or he's getting the number one or two ranked guy in the division. 
Um, they basically had him wanted to uh, have him skyrocket to the top. Um, you know, first UFC fight, you know, maybe he doesn't know all, all the ropes that's, you know, that goes into a UFC fight and everything. He loses that one. So he go, he comes into this one. Like you said, he was very active in the first round. And then he just kind of, you know, coasted, kind of let, um, kind of let him get back into the fight. And you're just like, you know, if you really, if you really wanted it, you know, he, he just seemed comfortable letting it go to the judges. And that's, that's the exact right phrasing. He seemed comfortable to let it go to the judges. He seemed, yeah, he seemed comfortable letting it go to the judges, but we don't, you don't know for sure if you're winning the fight. Like his corner couldn't have told him like, you won that round, you won that round, you won that round for me and for you. It's one, one going into the third. And, you know, he finished that, that third round. Well, um, I thought he won the fight to be, to be quite honest with you. I thought he won. Uh, I was a little worried with my pick. Um, I thought Mino cop won. Uh, and, uh, you know, to, to, for the judges to give it to him, uh, to go the other way, I was kind of, I was really surprised, but you know, I thought Manel cop fought well, but like you said, there's so much potential there. Yeah. And you can just, you can see in, in his fights, you can see in, in the pop and his punches, but you just see, it just kind of seems like he doesn't put everything into it. And I'm not sure if it's a cardio issue, if he's trying to save himself, but yeah, he just seems too comfortable to let it go to the judges, man. And you know, if you want to be a champion in the UFC, um, Dana White, all these guys, they don't want to see you outpoint people. That is the that is the worst thing that you could possibly do is is just win fights by outpointing people. You got to you have to have a finish here and there. And now not only that, but now he's 0-2 in in his first two fights, and these are fights that he thought he won. Yeah. So you know, going forward, I'm sure we're going to see a way more aggressive nail cop. We're going to see him want to finish fights. But, you know, yeah, these first two fights didn't go his way, and it's, he just seemed really way too comfortable letting it go to the judges. Yeah. Um, it Almost like a Floyd Mayweather-type mentality, right? Like, I'm not going to get hit. You're not really going to ever touch me up, and I'm just going to – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move, make you miss a lot, touch you when I have the opportunities. And then when the – you know, the difference is, like, over the course of a 12-round fight, generally, that gap just becomes pretty large in a three round UFC contest where it's not just as clear cut as, you know, punching. There's so much more involved in it. Uh, it, it's just, a, it, it, to me, that's a bad, if, if that is what he's doing. And, and again, I, that's what it looks like to me, but, uh, he's, I think he just has to change the mentality. He, Dude, he could easily be 2-0 and in those fights and be on the doorstep of a title shot. That's, like, that's Absolutely. the thing. He's only 27 years old. The guy could have... E- I-, I think he could have beat Pantoja if he had been more active because he was having success. I think the landing rate in that fight for him was like 70%. Like, it was ridiculous how good he looked when he engaged. Um, but it was just... It's so little activity. It was hard to give him the fight. And then this one, the same thing. Like, he could easily be 2-0... and and he could easily be on the doorstep. But that's the fight game, you know? Yeah, he could easily be 2-0. He could easily be on the doorstep. And it's not like he has to be, like, overly aggressive or, you know, just... It's just, like, a little bit more activity, yeah. you know? Uh, it, it seems like he's, he's trying to do just enough to get by. If, you just, if he would just do just a little bit more, just give a little bit more of himself... Leave it all out there, man. Don't leave. Don't leave room for them to be like, ah, like man, I could have did this. 
you know, I should have did that, yeah. you know, whatever. Don't leave no room. You know, we saw Aljamain Sterling le- literally leave it, give his all for one round in, the, <laughs> in a title fight and, you know, gas himself out. Yeah. yeah but you could, you could see in the first round, he wanted it. You know, yeah. he, he went out there and was just, and was trying, but see, Manel Cop, it didn't seem, it doesn't seem like he's always trying every minute that he's out there. And it, and it's sad because you see how talented he is. You see the potential. You know that he can be a UFC champion, but it's just all a matter of do you want it? Do you want it more than the guy that you're in there fighting? Because these guys that he's fighting, they're tough as hell. Yeah. You won that first round, but they're coming right back for you. They're like, okay, uh, let me make my adjustments and let me go back out there. It just seems like Nell Cobb is just out there like, I won that first round and you know, comfortable uh, with a lead. I think that's that you phrased it perfectly. He just he he feels like he's comfortable with a lead, and at that point, he just feels like the other guy. It's on the other guy to you know do the work and and take it from him. But I mean, we you just somebody thought Casey Kinney beat Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz, right? Like remember somebody yeah. somebody had Paul Felder beating uh, RDA. Oh God, yeah. Like <laughs> you you can't you can't just like. I thought cop one and I'm sure in his mind, he was like, I got this, but you, you just can't do that in this sport. It's, you know, there's not a, it's, it's not a, a, a fair sport, if you will, when it comes to judges decisions, there's not a, you know, you don't go by an exact like, um, strike total or any, like, you know, there's not an exact science on how you determine a winner. So you are putting yourself at risk if you are, are, you know, going to judges scorecards. Is, is the bottom line. I just, again, I, I think that, uh, I think the guy's really good and, and uh, I think he's going to have some really impressive performances, but I just don't want to see him, cru- you know, feel like he's winning fights and then cruise to the finish line when uh, I, I, I just, I, I still, I think he could have outperformed Nikolau the whole fight. So, uh, all right. Uh, so the main card started out, this was another match I was really excited about. Um, I will say this: I, you, we both picked Darren Stewart to win in the Dar- Darren Stewart Eric Anders fight, and I think it's pretty fair to say Darren Stewart was absolutely on his way to getting beat in this fight before Eric Anders gets uh, the DQ um, knee to the face on a downed opponent. Uh, we just saw this in a massive situation a week ago. How about this, by the way? Eric Anders tweeted a week ago about Pewter Yawn throwing the knee, and it's crazy that a week later he does the same thing. Um, and and we'll get into the the difference in you know the no contest versus the the DQ loss in a second. But thoughts on the fight itself and the knee? Man, um, yeah, we both picked Darren Stewart, and I just thought at this point uh, Darren Stewart was the more skilled fighter. But, I, you know, I tell you what, man, I've seen uh, Eric Anders go in there and fight some some really, really tough guys. Uh, he, I remember he fought Khalil Roundtree, and Khalil Roundtree took it to him for three rounds and wiped, wiped the floor with him. So I kind of thought um, it was going to be similar to that. Uh, he's had some slip-ups, you know, in his past couple fights. But Eric Anders, first of all, when, you, when he got into the octagon, he looked completely shredded. Massive. Like, he looked massive and he looked like he was in the best shape that he's ever been in, in his whole career. So, um, that, that was, that was first. And then when, when the fight starts, he looked composed, uh, 
and he looked he looked dangerous. And then he hit Darren Stewart with with some shots, uh, had him rocked, and then it just seemed like he got overzealous. Yeah, he got so overzealous that uh, I don't know if anybody else caught this, but we caught this. He threw an illegal strike before he uh, before the one that actually landed. Yeah. He threw one. Uh, he threw a knee, and I think it just uh, hit him in the shoulder. But you know, he had him hurt, and I think he just got overzealous. He want, he really wanted to finish. He wanted to make a statement, and um, you know, I just think he had him in that tough spot. And he just wanted to rain down punches and, and rain down uh, you know punishment on him. Um, as far as the knee man, um, I think you know. There was no – I don't think the ref said anything as far as, you know, he, he, he's down, don't throw it. I just think, you know, Eric Anders was just so uh, locked in on what he was doing that, you know, he was just trying to get him out of there. And, you know, I just think it happened so fast that he couldn't – you know, there was nothing even he could do. Um, you know, it's just a shame because he was on his way to win that fight and he looked so good. You could tell he trained so hard. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the fight game. He's got to be more careful. But it just sucks. And then on top of that, you know, after the after the knee, you know, Darren Stewart said he was good, wanted to get back out there and and, and continue to fight, but you know, uh, the doctors called it off, which it's completely understandable. Yeah, he, I think I think that's the right knee. call, though. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and I mean, I thought that he uh, blocked most of it, but you know, still um, it landed. So I mean, you're right; it's the right call. You you don't want to just take the fighter's word for it. Um, after a knee like that. So, you know, it's just a shame, but, you know, he's got to be more careful. Yeah. Yeah, and look, that was that was uh, going to be an Eric Anders win. Uh, so yeah. even though he doesn't lose the fight the way that Peter Yawn did a week ago, uh, I think he's still going to be massively disappointed because it was right there for him. I mean, uh, you know, he had, he had done enough that that thing was going to end very, very soon. And, and yeah, I think he got a little overzealous. So you mentioned the the... So that when that scramble first started, there was the first knee, and I, I think you're right. I don't know how many people caught it, uh, but he had the first illegal knee throw, that and and nothing happened. They just kept going, and again, it was in the middle of a scramble, and then the second one happened, and and obviously, it was so clear cut when it happened that it was an easy step in and and stop what was going on. The first one was kind of in the middle of a, a chaotic exchange. So when we talk about, I've, I've heard so many people talk about this this week as far as why was one called a, a DQ loss for for Jan and this just goes to a no contest like shouldn't it be unanimous across the board well I think in looking at the two situations they're obviously completely different circumstances in how they happen so like I get that everybody wants things to be handled the same way but I don't think these were the same offenses a pewter yawn situation basically happened in a stagnant position right like there weren't exchanges being thrown it was a stagnant position where everything was calm and the ref blatantly said downed fighter and then boom delivered the shot Eric Anders situation was in the middle of an exchange and a scramble where it was you know it's chaos when when you're in you know there's so many things there's so much movement and so much chaos that it happened that way uh so that to me they're not even the same situation, so I don't know how like people expect those two situations to be ruled the same way. But but I would say this, as far as this whole argument about intent, I don't know that we should have this situation where a judge or a referee has to figure out whether a guy means to illegally throw this knee. 
if there is a down fighter and the guy throws a strike with his knee, I think it should just be a DQ loss, period. Whether it happens in a scramble or, you know, a stagnant situation, whatever. If the guy throws his knee with as a striking movement, it's a DQ loss. It's an illegal move. If you're in the middle of a scramble and you're moving around and a knee ricochets off of somebody, for example, that to me is where you say the intent wasn't there and it's a no contest. Because, you know, if, if, if you're all over the place and, and, you know, you're throwing your leg and a knee grazes off, you know, whatever, you, you know how these situations work. It's kind of like the accidental eye pokes. Like you're not actually pointing your, your finger out, but if, you know, you're, you're going to grab and you slip and your finger ends up there, like that wasn't an intentful eye poke. Eric Anders meant to throw the knee and whether he knew the fighter was down or not is irrelevant. He threw the knee when the fighter was down. It's an illegal move. And in my mind, that should be a DQ loss. When it's when it's a knee that lands, but it wasn't the knee wasn't thrown as a strike, that to me is the difference in intent versus non-intent. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree more. Um like I definitely understand like why um Peter Jans was a DQ and this one was just uh, a no contest right. because like you said, the referee blatantly told him, like, don't throw it. Like, uh, he's a down uh, opponent. Like, that would be illegal. Like, he, you, we heard him on the broadcast say it. And then Peter Yon still threw it. Um, so, for me, that's an easy disqualification. All, all of the right. accidental, a- anything, like, you could tell, like, that, that was with malicious intent. And, uh, uh, you know, he was right to get disqualified. As far as Eric Anders, um, you know, for it to end in a no contest, uh, you know, like, I'm I'm with you. Like, if there's an illegal strike thrown, and the guy is uh, on his knees, like you throw it, if you throw an illegal knee or an illegal kick or whatever the case is, that should be a disqualification. Like, a no contest happens. Like, I can understand the Leon and Bilal being a no contest. Right. I definitely understand that. Right. But Eric Anders, like you said, like that knee was he meant to throw that knee, yeah. um, even though it was uh, the referee didn't say. Uh, don't throw it or anything like Eric Andrews definitely meant to throw it no matter what. So um, I'm with you, man. I, I would uh, just have, um, I would just have it to be disqualification across the board. If you throw any type of illegal strike, uh, it's just a shame for uh, Eric Andrews, man. Cause he looks so good. Yeah. Um, I want to see him fight you know, again. Like after that, I was like, good Lord. Yeah, if if, you're, if he's going to be looking like that with how he trains, like yeah. former Alabama football player, you know, body looked uh, amazing. Um, you want to see him get back in there. And, then you know, he would have got a finish. He was going to get a win, like you said. Um, it's just, you know, he was just overzealous. And, and I think um, he's going to learn from this and uh, be better for it. But, yeah, man, going forward, you know, the no contest thing, uh, you know, I think it, it, it helps – uh, Eric Anders, but I think it definitely should have been a disqualification loss. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I can understand why they're judged differently because they're completely different situations. But I think going forward, what they need to do is just say, if you're throwing an illegal, like it, it should be on the fighter to know if a guy is down or not. Like that's on you. Yeah. And if you throw the strike, even if you don't know, it's on you to know. So I mean, you can say that you didn't mean to do it, and I totally get that. I don't think Eric Anders meant to, like, 
I, like, I don't think Eric Anders looked at Darren Stewart and thought, he's down, I can land this yeah. knee on him. Like, I don't think right. that was the case. But you have to draw a line somewhere, and I think the line just needs to be, if a guy's down, it's on the other guy to know that he's down. And if he throws the strike, whether he knows the guy's down or not, if he throws a strike that you can obviously see is an illegal strike, then it has to be a DQ loss. Like, that's the whole point a- of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, like, with Peter Yan, like, that was so easy because, like, there was literally about 10 seconds to where, like, maybe not that long, but Peter Yan had time to, like, think about this. Right. And he's been in the UFC for a while. He's, he's a, he was a champion at the time. Like, you have to know, like, this guy's on both of his knees. You can't throw that strike. Right. You can't throw a knee to, to, the, to his head. Um, but Eric Anders, he was just, he was just reacting. Like, right. he probably had tunnel vision because, you know, he's, he smells blood. You know, he sees his guys uh, one or two shots from, from being out of there. And, you know, he's just like, okay, like, the knee's here. I can, I, you know, I can hit him with my knee real, really quick instead of just, you know, throwing these crazy strikes at him. So, you know, it, you know, it's hard to tell what was going through Eric, Eric Anders' mind, but, you know, it, it's just a tough situation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he was fighting a, a, a brilliant fight. So, uh, but again, I, I don't think he was maliciously trying to do something illegal, but he was throwing an illegal strike when the guy Absolutely. was a downed fighter. So, like, there, there's just no way around that. And you have to, I mean, you have to call a foul a foul. So, yeah, he meant to throw the strike that he was throwing, and the other guy was in a down position. That's, I mean, it's pretty clear cut. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just think that's the way that it needs to be drawn. If, if there's a down fighter, it's on you to know whether the guy's down or not. And if you blatantly throw a strike, whether you know or not, that's the outcome. So... It's it's kind of like the NBA, right? If if there's unnecessary contact, it's going to be called a flagrant foul, no matter if it, it was malicious or right, or not. Right. Uh, it's still going to be called a flagrant foul. You know, penalty one, penalty two, whatever the case may be, but it's still a flagrant foul at the end of the day. Um, I think the UFC should do something uh, similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. And and look, you know, again, then if you want to have like the eye poke conversation as well, you know, there are eye pokes that happen in exchanges where the guy clearly isn't meaning to like throw a finger into the, you know, the guy's not meaning for his fingers to go toward the other guy uh, versus like, you know, when a guy is putting his hands straight out there, like, you know, I, there, there are different situations that I think can be seen differently and it, it doesn't take, I, I think, I think it's common sense. Like we don't need to make this thing overly complicated. Absolutely. agree for sure. So anyway, that was just Saturday night. What a what a crazy card! Uh, it was it, yeah, it, it, it was wild, man. It was wild. All right, let's uh, let's get to our scorecard. As uh, again, with two of the six fights on the main card last week being no contests, uh, basically we only had four fights that had finishes. You had Nicolau over Cop, which gives you a point. I had Cop, no point for me. We both had Jonathan Martinez, no points. And his loss to Davy Martinez or or to Davy Grant, uh, we both had Dan Ige over Gavin Tucker. I had Ryan Span over Misha Serkinov. You had Serkinov, so and then we both had Leon Edwards in the no contest main event. So we each get two points, which brings our totals to nineteen eighteen. I still have a lead, which means I'm also unfortunately picking first on this week's card. 
You ready for this? Did you know that, by the way, did you know that Dontel Mays is out of the heavyweight matchup against uh, Ty Tuivasa? I did not know that. That's uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know when that happened because um, I, I looked yesterday and his name was still on uh, the website yesterday, but they have re- they have found a replacement that's going to make his UFC debut. Uh, so anyway, just giving you a heads up that uh, Dontel Mays is not in that matchup. All right, so Saturday night, UFC fight night, Brunson Holland. Main card begins with women's strawweight. This is going to be a fun fight, by the way. Two fighters making their UFC debuts. We have Cheyenne Bays. By the way, her husband is opening the prelims on this same card. Cheyenne Bays is opening the main card in her UFC debut against Montserrat Ruiz, champion in another organization. This is a fun fight. Uh, So, I've wrestled with this one, and... Because I've I've only seen uh, Ruiz on like YouTube videos, I've never actually seen her fight. I have seen Cheyenne Bay's fight. I'm I kind of feel like Ruiz is going to win this, but I'm going to go Cheyenne Bay's just because I saw her on Contender Series and I thought that looks like a future champion. She looks really impressive. Um, this is a big time matchup. I'm going to go Cheyenne Bay's. Whew. Um, yeah, I was kind of conflicted on this one. Um, like like you said, like there's not much out there on Ruiz except you you know that she's a former champion uh, in another organization. But yeah, um, Cheyenne Bay's on Contender Series looked looked incredible. Um, definitely has potential to be a future champion. But you know, out of the gate for, uh, in her UFC debut, she's fighting someone who's got a uh, championship pedigree. Um, uh, man, I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take Ruiz. All right. One. All right. Good deal. Yeah, I, I'll take Ruiz. Uh, you know, I, I like Cheyenne Bays, but you know what? Let's see if, what that championship uh, level experience will do for uh, Ruiz. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, if you had picked first, I, I would have probably just gone with the opposite uh, of, of what you had <laughs> taken. So just to, just to let you know that that's the way I would have handled it. All right. Second fight on the main card, welterweights, Max Griffin and Song Kanan, uh, I actually earlier today was looking up uh, Song Kanan and I found an old kickboxing video of him fighting Israel Adesanya, Stylebender. Wow. Yeah. Did, did he did he get his ass? Pulled? He did. It did didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't end well. Um, despite that, I'm gonna go with uh, with Song. Well. Um... Max Griffin is 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 tough. He's a tough out for anyone. Um, he's been in the UFC for a while. Uh, I believe he trains uh, at Team Alpha Male, so uh, you know he's he's pretty skilled. Um, but uh, you know, Song, you know, to be a, a, a kickboxer and kind of you know, it seems like he's on the rise. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pick Song as well. All right. Now, as much as I, you know, I want to, I want to go with the guy who's got more uh, experience in the UFC. But you know, you, you just kind of can tell yeah. when those guys who are coming up just have it, and I feel like Song definitely uh, will will show that. Yeah, I uh, I like Max Payne Griffin. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you, do you remember <laughs> the Max Payne video game. 
Uh-uh. Uh, anyway, one of my favorite video games back in the day on like play. I think it was like PlayStation Two. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's lost four of his last six. Thirty-five years old um, against an up-and-comer. You know, obviously uh, this is his opportunity to to try and and uh, plant his feet in the ground and and uh, stop somebody else from from uh, stepping up. So. I think that'll be an interesting fight either way, but uh, yeah, both on song in that matchup. All right, next we have Bantamweights, Adrian Yanez and Gustavo Lopez. I think this is also a really fun fight. Um, I've been really impressed with Adrian Yanez, so Adrian Yanez for me. Man. <laughs> you know... Like, I've been impressed with Giannis as well, and I really want to pick against you. But part of me is just like, you know, Giannis looks so good. You Just just go with the smart choice. <laughs> but, you know, part of me is just like, ah, just take the – all right, I'm not doing it. I'm going Giannis. Oh. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Not, not on that one. Not on that one. All right, fair enough. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, Gustavo Lopez has won four of his last five, and his only loss is to Marab Dvalishvili. So, I mean, no, that's that's not necessarily a black mark by any means. Marab's a hell of a fighter. Yeah, and he he's on the come up. So yeah, you know, maybe I maybe I should change my. No, nah, man, I like it. All right, I like all right. <laughs> I don't know if that information might change your mind or not. All right, we head to the heavyweight division, the new look heavyweight division, and we are only a week away from Stipe, Francis, and Ganu too, which is going to be awesome. Uh, but in this matchup, we have Ty Tuivasa. He was supposed to face Dontel Mays. Dontel Mays is out. I, d I haven't even seen the reasoning for this. I, I don't know if it was a COVID situation or what, but no Dontel Mays. Instead, we have Harry Hunsucker who uh, is making his UFC debut. He is 7-3. and three. In his tapology photo, he's holding two belts. Oh, wow. But he has a loss to Jared Vandera in Contender Series in 2020. So, there you go. And he lost to Dontel Mays back in 2016. I don't know if that... Uh, otherwise, he's won five of his... Six of his last seven. But it's too, it's tied to Ivasa for me. <laughs> Say all that, and then... Yeah, it's tied to Ivasa. You're right, man. Um, he's making his UFC debut, and, you know, Ty's been there, done that. He's fighting uh, a lot of tough guys. Um, he's fighting guys twice his size. Like he just beat Stefan Struve, uh, I believe in his last fight. Uh, Ty's good. Uh, you know, he's, he went and, uh, trained with DC to, uh, sharpen some of his, uh, grappling tools and everything. And it showed and his fight with Stefan Struve. So I think he's, he's only getting better. So, um, I'm also going to go with, uh, Ty Tuavasa. Ty's only 28, by the way. He, I don't know why. Good, it just man. feels like he's, uh, he's, uh, much older than that. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's been in the UFC for a while, yeah. so maybe that's why. Um, I want to ask you, though, would you uh, drink one of those uh, things with you know, the loogie and the boot and the... 
Don't, that's going to be a hard no for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't see how that's a thing because like he does that after all of his wins, and it's literally the most disgusting yeah. thing I've yeah. ever that's heard That's going to be a hard and no for me. Random, random fans, he's literally having them spit in this, in this shoe, and he drinks a beer. It's, t- it's disgusting. It's terrible. I just wondered if you would ever do it, but I'm glad you wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, look, I'll just say this. Everything has a price. Uh, everything <laughs> has a price. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but, no, just I'm not going to do anything like that just for the hell of it. That's, yeah. It would. It would. Yeah, so, so if, if Ty passes you, say you're at a fight, he passes you with his, with his boot, tells you to spit it, and then asks you to drink it, it's a hard no. It's a hard no. Yeah. No. Okay. And I, and I wouldn't you. spit in it for somebody else to, like, yeah, that's yeah. It, it, it's bad, man. I can't believe he does after every fight. Yeah, disgusting. All right, our co-main event. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting that this one is this week, a week after Leon Edwards, because for Gregor Gillespie, I, I I feel like he's also been out for what feels like an eternity. Uh, finally getting back to the octagon. Um, I mean, it, you know, that's a division that is murderers row anyway. And he hasn't fought in so long that it just feels like so many guys, I think, have just, you know, passed him. Uh, he, he needs, a, a, I think, a big-time performance, and it's not going to be easy against a guy like Brad Riddell. So Gregor Gillespie, Brad Riddell, uh, striker, grappler. This is a fun matchup. I'm, I'm really excited to see what Gregor Gillespie looks like. Anytime you suffer a knockout the, the way that he suffered that knockout to Kevin Lee... And then you're facing a striker like Brad Riddell the first time back. I always just wonder, like, what is the mentality? And and do they drastically change the way they approach it? Or is it just, you know what, I got caught and now I just have to, you know, I go fight my, my fight. Uh, I'm always interested to see how people bounce back from things like that. Despite that, uh, I'm, I'm going to take Gregor Gillespie. I, I just think if, you know, if he's able to get it on the ground, uh, and I think at some point he will, that's where he's going to shine, so. Yeah, um, I think he took the proper time off after a knockout like that because that was a vicious head kick knockout. Uh, you know, he, he hasn't fought since, what, November of 2019, around that time frame, and uh, we're at, what, March of 2021. So yeah. he took over a year off. Um, you know, like you said, a lot of guys have passed him up, but he still kept his, his uh, ranking in the top 15. So that goes to show, like, the UFC is pretty high on him. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, watching this fight with uh, Yancey Medeiros, and uh, you know Yancey's a Yancey's a pretty crafty striker and everything, yeah. but uh, Gregor did not give him any chance to uh, get comfortable when it came to uh, being on his feet. He took him down at will and basically controlled the fight. Um, I feel like he needs to get back to that. I feel like with uh, with Kevin Lee, um, maybe he thought. Uh, Kevin Lee's wrestling is pretty good, so he probably maybe thought like he wouldn't be able to take him down as easy, uh, and he kind of stood with him a little bit longer than he should have. I think at all points, you know, use your your strength, and Gregor Gillespie's strength is using his grappling, using his wrestling, and everything. Um, he didn't do that with Kevin Lee, and he got caught. Um, I think uh, with this fight, knowing that Brad is a is a is a striker and he's very dangerous, uh, he trains with. Uh, with Israel Adesanya and Kai Car France, all those guys uh, at City Kickboxing, um, 
I think he I think he just goes back to uh, using his wrestling, using his grappling, and just take him down at will uh, if he can. Uh, if he can't, um, and Brad's able to land some strikes, you know, maybe we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, I'll say this: uh, for Brad to not be uh, ranked in the top fifteen, uh, you know, he's looked good. I think he's he's undefeated in the UFC so far. Normally, after three or four wins in a row in the UFC, you have a number by your name. But yeah. the, the lightweight division is so loaded that Brad Wardell, there's right. no telling how many wins he has to get for him to even have a number by his name. And it, it's crazy to, to even say that. So, um, you know, I think at this point, you know, Gregor, um, I think this is the fight where he just uh, kind of overpowers him and uses his wrestling. But... I'm going to go ahead and take Brad Riddell. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm legit shocked. I, I absolutely thought you were taking uh Gregor Gillespie. Um, yeah. You mentioned the ranking in the lightweight division. I mean, the problem is like we saw hack Paras this week, uh, in that division look good. Uh, Rafael Faziv is unranked in that division. Uh, Tiago Moises is unranked in that division. Um, Alex Hernandez is unranked in that division. Uh, we just saw Euros Medic in that division. Brad Riddell's just another name. Like, you can't make the argument, even though I think Brad Riddell's a really good fighter and has, you know, a terrific start in the UFC. There's not a guy in the top 15 right now that you can make the argument for him to be ahead of. Not one. All like, of them yeah. hold their spot with... <laughs> yeah. Drew Dober's not even ranked. I mean, that's another yeah. guy. Drew Dober's not in the top 15. Yeah, and, and I don't think any of those guys that you named can can jump or are ahead of even Drew Dober at this point. Right. Uh, despite how, how good some of these guys are, have looked, like Drew Dober is right outside of the top 15. And, you know, the top 15, it's just loaded, man. That division is insane. Yeah. And we both believe it's probably the best division in UFC history at this yeah. point. Yeah. The, the, the bottom five of the top 15 are Islam... Fajeda, Kevin Lee, Ally Aquinta, and Gregor Gillespie. Islam is still at, yeah. at the bottom five. Yeah. So I mean, if <laughs> like Brad Riddell wins crazy. wins against Gregor Gillespie, then you know he probably takes his spot. But yeah, it's just it's uh just a murderer's row, man. Yeah, definitely a murderer's row. I'm definitely interested to see how Gregor looks because he was undefeated before that big yeah. knockout, and like I said, he took the proper time off, but. You never know how guys, especially after taking their first loss, won, but now also a, a devastating knockout like that. You know, you kind of wonder how he's going to look. Um, I definitely feel like he's got all the tools to be uh, a very good fighter in that division. Uh, but you know what? I feel like I feel like Brad's going to shock him, man. All right. All right. I like it. All right, which brings us to our main event of the evening, uh, a fight that I'm really excited for. Um, Kevin Holland, 5-0 in 2020. Uh, you know, I think anybody that follows the sport kind of started to figure out who he was as 2020 went on, and he ended it with a bang. He's looked really good, and and now, obviously, he's from a, from a like, ability standpoint, he's about to face a guy that's in a whole different class than anybody he's faced to this point at 185 at least. Um, I'll tell you this. When Derek Brunson fought Edmund Shabazian last summer, I was one of the people that absolutely took Derek Brunson for granted, and I thought Edmund Shabazian's going to win this easy. I didn't think it was going to be a tough fight. 
And for Derek Brunson to dominate Shabazi in the way that he did, I was like, holy cow. Like, I, you know, I think he even mentioned uh, that week that a lot of people are overlooking him. And I think most fighters say that anyway. But uh, that was definitely a situation where it, it did kind of feel like the veteran guy was facing the up and comer, and everybody was looking over Derek Brunson, and he won in really impressive fashion. I think Kevin Holland, though, is just so long and great, you know, a lot like Izzy, great with distance management and just his accuracy striking. I think it's going to be very tough for Derek Brunson to just get him down first and foremost. Uh, I like this fight a lot, but I've just seen Kevin Holland look so good in so many ways over the last 12 months that it's hard for me to pick against him. Kevin Holland, to me, is the guy that's on fire here, and I think he continues it. Yeah, um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't that high on Edmund Shabazi simply because he was he's very young. I, I think he was trying to be the youngest UFC champion, uh, trying to beat John Jones' uh, record, and I just felt like you know just he was knocking people out, but I still felt like I hadn't seen enough to where I was like, okay, this is this guy's gonna be uh, the next guy to challenge Izzy or to be the next guy who's gonna be on top. Um, I hadn't seen enough. Now I wasn't sure. If Brunson would beat him, but I, you know, I just wasn't wasn't convinced on Sabazian yet. And uh, Brunson definitely went in there and uh, and dominated him. Uh, I definitely wasn't expecting domination from him, but Brunson looked good. Um, Kevin Holland, man, though, five and zero, and you know, each fight, you know, it looked like he was just he was getting better. Uh, confidence continued to grow, um, and then you know. To go in against a guy like Jacare and uh, to do what he did, uh, he knew that he was going to get taken down. Uh, it was just a matter of what happens when he gets on the ground. And immediately, as soon as he got on the ground, he's just, he's just kind of talking to him. Like, you know, I didn't know, like, what he was saying, like, while the fight was actually going on. But I sent you that clip, and it had, like, the subtitles and everything. Yeah, He was literally telling Jacare, like, man, I had dreams about this. When I was 17, and I feel like I feel like Kevin Holland talking to him just kind of made Jacare kind of relax. And as soon as Jacare relaxed, Kevin Holland just threw a, a haymaker at him from the bottom, and, and and it rocked him. And then you know the follow up shots, and Kevin Holland won. But I feel like it's going to be. I feel like he can't do that with Derek Brunson though. Um, Derek Brunson is going to be looking to take his head off the, the entire time. He's not going to be. Uh, talking to him or laughing with him or whatever the case is, Derek Brunson is going to be trying to hurt him the entire time the fight's going. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of uh, can uh, Kevin Holland keep Derek Brunson off of him and uh, can uh, Derek Brunson hang with him on the feet? Um, you know, I think uh, even though Kevin Holland is at a disadvantage as far as the grappling goes, he's still a He's not a great grappler by any means, but he's he's solid. Like I feel like he can hold his own. And if Derek Brunson isn't careful, um, yeah. uh, Kevin Holland can definitely stuff his takedowns and keep it standing. And if it's standing, you know Derek Brunson, he's not the the most technical guy. He, he's kind of wild at times, and that costs him a lot. And uh, Kevin Holland's a very skilled striker. So uh, for me, um, as, as much as I want to pick against you, man, I think uh, Kevin Holland just, you know, he has it right now. 
And uh, I'm also going to go with uh, Kevin Holland. Big mouth, as Dana White calls him, right? Yeah, I mean, he the whole the entire fight he's talking, and he's he's on the he's on his back talking about I've had dreams about this. Just he's smiling in the heat of battle, laughing in the heat of battle. Like, yeah, that's big mouth right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this man, this is a fun fight. Um, I don't know. I told myself after the Shabazian fight, I was like, I'm not going to overlook Derek Brunson. And I'm 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 doing my best. Like I'm I don't feel like I'm doing that. I feel like I'm picking Kevin Holland because not because I don't think Derek Brunson is good. You know what I mean? Like I I'm picking Kevin right. Holland because you're right. I think every time we saw him fight last year, to see how much improvement there was each time, I just felt like you saw like he looked so much more comfortable every single time, and his skills just looked so much sharper every single time. Yeah, and and with each fight, you know, no matter how much publicity was on him, the moment was never too big for him. You know, he's still smiling. He's still the same guy um, with Jacare. Uh, that's a big fight yeah. on a pay-per-view main card. You know, he was on fight nights. Um, for for most of 2020, and then he gets thrust onto a big pay per view. Um, at the end of the year, you know he's got four wins in a row. A lot of people are are starting to get on his hype train and everything. Still, the moment wasn't too big for him. He went out there, and it seemed like definitely he got better. And uh, you know the confidence is there, and I feel like this is going to be the same thing with with Brunson. And you know for what it's worth, we're definitely not overlooking Brunson. We know how good Brunson is. Brunson's that type of guy that if you beat him, you're at the top echelon of the division because we've yeah. seen what we've seen what wins uh, over Derek Brunson can do. We've seen what um, what happened with uh, Israel Adesanya when he beat Derek Brunson. They, he immediately got talk, they were talking about title uh, shots with him, and then um, who else? With him, Robert Whitaker. Uh, you know. He became a champion off of uh, beating uh, Derrick Brunson in his hometown. So Jacare beat um, uh, Brunson. Yeah, also Jacare yeah. too. Um, you know, Derrick Brunson is that type of guy that uh, if you beat him with how great he is with grappling, with uh, how crazy he is on the feet, you know, he's he's pretty solid everywhere. And if you beat if you beat Derrick Brunson, uh, then you're ready to step into that top top tier of the division. And I feel like that's what this fight's all about. And I feel like uh, the kid, the moment's not going to be too big for Kevin Holland, and he's just going to go out there and perform and get that W. Yeah, that's the thing. You're right. I, I don't. I think he embraces that spotlight as opposed to you know feeling yeah. like it might be too big for him. Um, the only thing that I'm, I wonder is if I'm falling into the trap of feeling like this is going to look like the Izzy Brunson fight because that's like when I imagine this fight, I, I imagine it looking the way that the Izzy Brunson fight went. Oh man, Izzy made him look foolish. I mean, I I was definitely curious in that fight on how it would go, but Izzy definitely just took it to him. I definitely don't see this fight going like that. Um, I definitely feel like well, uh, just Kevin in ter- I, I just mean him. like in terms of Kevin Holland's ability to strike and distance management, all you know, like from that standpoint, he's obviously not Izzy, but right, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, I definitely feel like uh, Kevin Holland's going to face some adversity in this fight. 
Uh, I think Derek Brunson's going to get him down at some point, but I think uh, the the moment's not going to get too big for him. Like like we've been saying, uh, I think. Um, Yeah, the moment's not going to get too big for him. And if he does get taken down, uh, I see him working his way back up. I don't see a scenario where he's going to be uh, trapped under Derrick Brunson for for an entire round. I feel like he's going to be very active on the ground uh, to either he's going to be throwing strikes or he's going to be uh, trying to stand up. Um, so, you know, I feel like Kevin Holland's in a great camp. And uh, I think we're, we're going to see the best version of Kevin Holland on Saturday night. All right, so uh, in the first matchup, I have Bays, you have Ruiz, we both have Song Kanan, we both have Adrian Yanez, we both have Ty Tuivasa, I have Gregor Gillespie, you have Brad Riddell in the co-main event, and we both have Kevin Holland in the main event. So two opportunities on this card for there to be any changes on the overall scoreboard. How are you feeling about this? You know what, man? You know what, man? I, I, I don't know if I'm too late for this, but can I change one of my picks? Go for it, yeah. You know what? Just to make it a little more interesting, because uh, last week we only had two chances, <laughs> I'm I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, Lopez over Yanez. All right, and all right. So, 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 so it'll be three instead of two this uh, this week. Very nice, very nice. All right. Uh, yeah, we both had we both had Darren Stewart, and we both had Leon Edwards in the in the two no contests last week. So, yeah, we only had two differing picks a week ago. Yeah, so this time I have a little bit more of an opportunity. Um, you know, maybe I get uh, in an even more of a hole this week, or maybe I uh, take the lead. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'm. Happen, maybe but, uh, maybe it goes back to you picking first next week, and that would be very yeah, timely sure for a pay per view card. Oh yeah, I'm sure you would love that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I like leading, excited, but it's man. it's kind of fun to be able to to wait for you to make the pick and then decide whether I want to just go the opposite way for the sake of competition or you know ride with with the way i feel so yeah you know i'm starting to get used to used to it now so i'm kind of hoping that you keep the it's lead. a nice position especially, isn't it yeah especially for this pay-per-view yeah you know with the pay-per-view coming up i'm kind of hoping that you keep the lead just so i can kind of go off you next week all but, right you know you know even 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 then um most of the time when we were picking last uh last game i picked i picked first right I think we were, uh, yeah, well, you were picking first after the, yeah, after you got the lead, yeah. Right, so after I got the lead, I would pick first, and I was, you know, I was doing well, so maybe I need that spot, so, no, who, maybe I performed better do, being first. So, actually, no, know, we'll see. actually, the way we did it on the, on the confidence points is we alternated, so, like, on the first, right. on the one-point fight, one That's of us right. would have to go first, and then on the two-point fight, yeah, because we weren't picking... Okay. And slotting the same fights in the same places. Yeah, that's the way it went. That's right. I, I couldn't. I couldn't remember. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Hopefully, hopefully this week then. Hopefully, I take over the lead. You know, I'm I'm kind of getting used to this spot, especially if it goes well. I think I got it down. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, before I let you run, uh, finish a bracket. What are you What are you thinking? Man, I have not finished my bracket. I, I was uh, getting on you too early. I was like, you ain't finished your bracket yet, man. The tournament starts tomorrow. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think the only team I'm pretty confident in, um, at least, like, going to the Final Four, I'm pretty confident in uh, in Illinois. Uh, we were talking about Big Kofi. 
earlier. And I just feel like he's such a load inside that not yeah. many teams have an answer for that. Uh, I feel like he'll, I feel like Illinois will make it to the final four and, you know, Gonzaga, you know, I just feel like they're uh, picking on all cylinders. They've got a really loaded team, but outside of those two teams, I'm kind of conflicted on the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I, I would have, I mean, you know, a month ago or, or whenever, you know, before, before Baylor had that long stretch off, I would have put money that it was going to be Gonzaga Baylor and felt really good about it. Um, and then they just had all that time off. Um, you know, they lost Oklahoma state in the big 12 tournament. Not that that's, you know, a bad loss by any means. Oklahoma state's playing really good basketball, but it just kind of makes you question, did they peak? And then, you know, like, do, do, are they at their best right now? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if they're at their best right now. Uh, and look, I, I think the other thing about this, if if they are to match up with UNC in the second round, I don't think UNC is that good, but I think that's a horrible matchup for Baylor. UNC just has so many big dudes inside. I mean, they have like five dudes that are like 6'9", 6'10". Baylor's all guards. Uh, if you're not shooting well, I mean, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. So... Um, yeah, I like again. I, I a month ago, two months ago, whenever I would have just said Baylor's going to cruise, but I just don't, I don't know that they're playing their best basketball right now, which which is the only question about them. But they're at their best. They're they're I think right there with Gonzaga. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, Baylor was definitely playing some uh, fantastic basketball earlier in the season. Um, yeah, but as the season wound down, you just kind of saw some weaknesses, um, especially with them being all guards and everything. Um, there's so many teams, man, uh, that, that could just come out of nowhere and win this. Like for me, like all the years I've been doing, uh, brackets, like this one's probably been the toughest because, you know, there, there hasn't just been a team where I'm just so confident in where I'm just like, yeah, I feel like they can just go all the way. I feel like this could be a, a year where a team that we like a, like a Arkansas or like a, um, like, you know, a random team like a 3-4 seed or like a 6 seed, you know, some, somewhere at, someone out of the blue just had, just gets hot at the right time and ends up winning it. Uh, it could be a scenario like that because this year has been so crazy uh, with, with COVID and everything. Um, we're, we're even lucky to be having a, a March Madness. You know, it was taken away from us last year and I was so hurt. But, um, you know, this year, it's just crazy. I mean, like Duke's not in it. Kentucky's yeah, right. not in it. Like... You know, teams that we're used to seeing, you know, they're just they're not even in it uh, this this year. So you now I feel like it could be a season where we just see a, a team just get hot at the right time and and win it. You know, it may not be one of those teams that that are on top. Yeah, we have uh, we'll have, I think, three games tipping off Saturday night around the time the main card of the UFC starts. So have the well, remote handy, my friend. Definitely will. I would have my phone on, um, watching uh, yeah. watching the game, watching uh, the fight. Multi-screen. Uh, definitely. Got to have it. Got to have yeah. it for this one. No doubt. All right, buddy. Always appreciate you. Uh, I will, uh, I'll talk to you this weekend. Well, bro, I before we get off, I, there's one more thing okay. we, that we have to discuss, man. Okay. Uh, bro, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm literally hurt because... I finished Kingdom, right? Oh! <laughs> I finished Kingdom. And, okay, the first season was 10 episodes. Yeah. I was like, okay, uh, this is a 10-episode type show. Yeah. But then the, the second season was like 
20 episodes. Right. So, and it was so and it was so good. <laughs> so the third so so the you know the third season starts. I'm getting into it. All the crazy shit happens. And then, you know, of course, uh his youngest son gets shot and, and dies. And then in the final in the final episode, you know, he fights. Uh uh he fights and he wins. And you know, me. I'm just watching it. I'm li- I'm into it. I have no idea like that this is the final episode. So I'm literally just watching it like, <laughs> ooh, yeah. I'm literally watching it like, wow. Like he just got this win over. Yeah, he was just was great. Yeah. And you know the the final scene. He's he's sitting there in the in the shower, just kind of soaking it in and everything that he just won. And then the show, you know, it ends, and I'm just waiting for the next episode thing to come across <laughs> my screen. And then I see like, oh, these are some shows you may like. I'm like, what do you mean these are some shows I may like? What the, what do you mean these are shows? Where's the next episode? So I'm I go back into the into the queue and I'm like, where is episode eleven? Where is episode eleven? <laughs> and then I see like episode season three, episode ten. And then there's nothing else. I'm like. Okay, so do I have to go into do I have to Google this and see like where's the rest of the season? Yeah. Like why does season three get cut short? Yeah. And then they say, and then I Google it and it says like, yeah, um uh Kingdom was uh ended prematurely and stuff. And I'm like, what? It got canceled, so they scrambled they, to like put together a a terrible finale, yeah, to to kind of like wrap oh it up. My, yeah. Oh my god, man. I was so hurt by that. Yeah. Like there was so much more to yeah. in that in that uh, series. Like they they have enough for like another two seasons. Like yeah, like there's so much more with with Jay with uh, with Lisa. Like what the hell was going on with his back? Like was he about to have ALS? Like what the hell is going on? Like there's so much more. Like it can't just end like that. And of course it did. And I and I'm like that was only ten episodes. What the <laughs> fuck? Like come on, man. Don't do me like this, man. God. Oh yeah, I, Kobe. I was I was hurt, man. I, was, I know. I was really hurt. I know. I uh, so I, I waited. I didn't find out like that, but I think it was literally before I watched the last episode. I was like scroll. I was like, I wonder how many episodes there are this season, and I had scroll, and then I saw like that's it. There's only I have one left. So, like, at least going into that last episode, like, I had, I knew that that was it, and I was going into the final, the final one, but, yeah, I can, because, again, it gets canceled, so they basically just have to be like, all right, wrap this thing up, and, like, just put together a, because, like, all the storylines basically just stop. Yes. And then it's just, yeah, and then it's just like, (laughs) here's a finale. So... Yeah, um, there's uh, there is a massive uh, group of people on Twitter that uh, are trying to get Netflix to to reboot the show. Please, it, it's needed. There's a like I said, so many people two seasons had never even heard of it until Netflix picked it up this last year, and then you know during the pandemic, obviously everybody is watching Netflix. And, like, there's just millions of people that never even knew the show existed and then are now, like, massive fans. And uh, Jonathan Tucker, I thought, like, as Jay Colleen, that's one of the best acting jobs I've ever seen. Like, he's so good. Uh, Yeah. 
I'm with you. Yeah, d- definitely. Uh, he was probably my favorite character in that. Um, uh, Ryan Wheeler, you know, those, the, the fights that they had, like it all seemed so real, even though like the fight scenes were, you can, you know, of course they were fake as hell <laughs> compared to yeah. like the real shit that we see in MMA. But like the whole storylines and everything, they were so intriguing. I, I was definitely like, couldn't, couldn't stop watching no matter how tired I was. I had to yeah. keep watching. Uh, it was such a great series, man. And then, like, I felt like the season started off so strong. Like, there was so many changes. Like, uh, Jay had a fucking baby. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> like, and uh, Ryan and uh, – I thought Ryan and Lisa were going to get back together. And um, his name is – oh, uh, Alvy. Like, all the shit that was going on with him. Like, so many storylines. And then, you know, uh, and then for the youngest son, uh, Nate, to get killed, yeah. you know, it was just tough. Like that was a that was a sad scene, but I had no idea that that was the second to last episode, and that everything was just getting rushed to the finish. Yeah, like, it was just all bad, man. I, yeah. I literally thought like at the end of the season because I knew there was three seasons, but I did not know that it was only ten episodes. Yeah. I thought that um, Alvy was going to get diagnosed with uh, ALS, still fight the fight, uh, and then like you know win it or whatever, but. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was tough. Like I, I yeah. I'm, man, I I literally almost texted you the night that it happened, pissed off <laughs> that it was over. But I was like, I'm gonna save it for the pod <laughs> because I have to unleash on this because this is this is BS. <laughs> man, I was so pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I dude, I hated the way that it all just wrapped up. So so crazy like that at the end but the show's fantastic and again i oh, hope yeah. i hope that netflix right. decides to reboot that thing and even if it's just a season to just kind of like just kind of do the ending a little bit more justice maybe uh but i, I can only I, I like i can imagine me watching that last episode in your shoes oh, and being man. like that's it <laughs> it's over like because like i said i i at least like was looking to see how many episodes there were and realized I was on the last one. And, and so there was at least like this, like, what the, okay, I guess I'm going into the last episode, you know, like I was prepared for it. And then as soon as it ends, I, you know, I'm immediately Googling, like, why are there only 10 episodes of the kingdom? And then yeah. I, you know, I read that it got canceled and they just had to like immediately like wrap the show up because it, it was over and yeah, disappointing, but yeah. I just don't see how it got canceled. That show is gold. Like everything that happened, all the all the episodes I felt like were good and, and gradually getting better. And like I said, like I feel like it was just like going kind of steady at first. Yeah. And then just like a whole bunch of shit just happened out of nowhere. And then like it kind of went down a little bit. And then a whole bunch of shit just started happening again. And I was I was so intrigued by it. And then for it to end like that way, I was disappointed. But but man, like that like I didn't know anything about that show until you mentioned it um, on one of the pods. You were telling me about it, and I was like, "Oh, that's you know, that sounds yeah. pretty interesting. Let me uh, check it out." And that was definitely one of the better shows that I've watched on Netflix. Like like I said, from the opening scene, I was intrigued, and for it to end that way with so much, I, I had so many questions after it was over. I feel like all the questions I had made me even more mad. So I'm like, "Damn!" Yeah. Like, what happened with this? Like, why did it get canceled? And it's just crazy, man. But oh, I, show, I forgot man. what ne- what network it was on originally. 
but uh, I, I didn't have that network. I remember reading what it was, but yeah, it's not on my, my television package. So that may be the situation. Just a lot of people, whatever, a lot of people don't have that network, and so nobody, nobody knew about it. Oh, uh, yeah, but like, because I, go ahead. I do remember, like, you know, Kenny Florian talking about, like, being on a show, like, back in the day. But, you know, again, it was just one of those things where I didn't have the channel, and it was just kind of like, okay, and I didn't have access to it, so it just never even really crossed my mind to that it was, a you know, a big deal. Yeah, and I think, like, it was saying, like, a DirecTV original series, and then it, like, switched, like, AT&T original series and stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know what uh, channel it was on, um, but... You know, that, that's probably why nobody really know, knows about it because yeah. uh, of the network that, that it was on. But, yeah, Netflix should definitely pick that up and at least just get another season and make it a, fit like 15 episodes or so, not no 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least do us justice with, I don't know. I, I almost, the way they, they wrapped it up so hastily, I, I don't even know, like, how you would get it going again. But uh, I, I'm sure they could figure it out. More Jay Kalina, Absolutely, though. Never. Come on. Absolutely. More Jay Kalina. The, the roller coaster um, ride that is Jay Kalina. Ups and downs. Yeah, and, like, we didn't even get to see what was going to happen next with him. Like, he's a real estate agent. His family leaves him. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he fights Ryan outside of that guy's house or the, a house that someone was trying to yeah. uh, see or something like that. Like, he he wanted to get back out there and fight, like, I thought like a third fight with them might have been like the last finale scene or whatever, but like, yeah, it just it just ended way too soon. Like, there's so much like, what's gonna happen with the mom? What's gonna happen with Lisa? What's gonna happen with uh with Jay? What's gonna happen with Ryan? Uh, what's gonna happen with that damn uh Dom random guy? Yeah, like, <laughs> like he came out of nowhere and just got like kind of raised hell and then just got punched yeah, in the face. Gone, and, like, yeah. Just gone? Like, what the hell? So, yeah, man. Um, I know we're... If anyone hasn't watched um, Kingdom, I know we've kind of went through a lot of the show, but I highly recommend it. But just be prepared for that <laughs> quick ending because I definitely was not. <laughs> man. Oh. I, I'm just going to let you know that I'm going to save this rant and anytime I need a laugh, I'm going to replay this because... Oh, I, I sympathize with you, but I, yes, I totally get it. Bro, like, man, <laughs> just, just, to, just putting myself back in that situation. Like I'm literally so excited for the next episode. <laughs> so excited to see what's going to happen next. And then it's just, it's just over. Like shows you may watch shows you may like to watch. I'm like, no, there's no way. There is no way that's it. Like, ah, uh, all bad. All bad. Next, next show I watch, I'm looking at all the episodes, the right. seasons, and to see how many episodes. I'm, I'm knowing what I get into. Oh. Goodness. Do you, have, uh, do you have Amazon Prime? Yes. All right, so I don't know if you've seen this or not, but I'm currently watching The Boys. I Are you familiar that. with this show at all? Uh-uh. So I'd never even heard of it before last Friday. And uh, we were doing a superhero draft on last Friday's show. And uh, somebody drafted one of the characters from the show called The Boys. It's an, it's an Amazon Prime original. 
And I had no idea what it was. And so they were like, well, you got to go watch it. It's amazing. And uh, if you liked the kingdom and it's darkness and, you know, the go watch the boys. I, I, uh, there's, o- there's only two seasons right now. I guess they're working on season three as we speak. But it is, so I started it Sunday night. I have two episodes left. So wow. yeah, I'm about to about to wrap that one up. It's it's really good watch. It's well, really well I mean, done, and it's just such an original concept that I think you'll you'll really like it. So yeah, King, Kingdom was great. So I definitely will trust your judgment. Right. I'll, I'll probably start checking it out next week. All so. right. Yeah, uh, I've got to wrap it up because we have NCAA tournament for the next two weeks. So I was like, I'm gonna I'm just gonna pump through this these two seasons <laughs> like in in like four days and. Uh, then be ready for college basketball and, and uh, the UFC. So, anyway, yeah, check out the boys. Solid show. Will do, man. A uh, lot to look forward to, man. <laughs> but I will do it. All right, brother. Always appreciate you, and uh, we will catch up this weekend. All right, brother. Have a good one. That is Will Brewer joining me on the Colby Daniels podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD and Delta 8. When you order online, abotanicalcompany.com, use the discount code Colby Show and you'll save 15% off your online order. Again, discount code Colby Show, C O L B Y S H O W, for 15% off at abotanicalcompany.com. NCAA tournament tomorrow. Uh, we'll do an NCAA tournament draft. I will uh, put out the revised tournament as we get ready for the start of this thing. So, everybody, have a great day. Stay safe, and I will see you tomorrow. Podcast is over.